right. We're going to get right to it. We're going to get right to it. We're going to get right the fuck to it. Um, This is King Known Uncensored. All right. We're going to call this episode my favorite teams to watch this season because it's the last subject. <clears throat> favorite NBA teams or whatever. But, um, yeah, man, it's been quiet on the music front. But, hey, man, still some headlines that we need to get to. Let's start with Nick Cannon bending back over for White Daddy. All right, let's get it, man. Nick Cannon has, I guess, went back to Viacom and bent over for the cracker. The boy got whips on his back and he went back to being a slave. Damn, Nick. The only way that he got a chance to get his nuts back is if he buys his show from Viacom. That's the only way that he could salvage what's left of his nutsack. Man, this nigga was talking that big dog shit on Professor Griff Podcast. Remember that shit, bruh? Remember when he was talking about black people are the real Jews and all that tough talk? Then those uh, same Jews that owned your show took that shit away from you. And then you went back over there and begged. Oh, Jodeci begging. Baby, I'm begging ass nigga. This nigga went down on his knees and sucked that white Jew dick for that show back, boy. That nigga bent over like a bitch. Hey, Nick, your knees still bruised, my nigga? Man, see, if you gonna uh, be pro-black or woke or whatever the case may be, play that role, nigga. Don't switch up three, four different times. And then where's that fucking Dr. Sebi documentary at, you bitch-ass nigga? Man, Nick Cannon's always been a weirdo, a fucking cornball, any fucking way. You know, you talk the talk, but when it's time to walk the walk, you in a fucking wheelchair. Pussy-ass nigga, man. I'm disappointed in Nick Cannon, like, for real. Like, this nigga gonna rock the fro. Man, nigga, them goddamn Arabs need to snatch that turban off your motherfucking head. You don't deserve it. Nick Cannon ain't never make it to having buffs, okay? This motherfucker... <laughs> that nigga had a turban on, nigga. I would, if I was an Arab right now, I would smack that turban right off his motherfucking head and snatch that shit off. Yeah, man. Be bent over for the cracker, man. Sold, completely sold out. I know Wild and Out fans are happy and shit like that, but... I'm a fan of Wild and Out too, but I didn't want it back that fucking bad to the point where Nick Cannon would have to sacrifice his old whole hat asshole to do it. I know it's gonna be a lot of people defending him, saying he didn't sell out, he got his show back, he's gonna make money. Listen, man, Nick Cannon is damn near worth a hundred million dollars. He could have done a different version of Wild and Out and not called it Wild and Out. He could have did something else. But no. I want my job back. I'm 
so sorry for saying them comments. You know what I mean? He did the same thing that Gail King did to Snoop Dogg after he called her a funky dog head bitch. Just bent over and apologized and sacrificed his manhood to get that show back. That is very terrible. Anyway, let's move on to Conway the Machine, man. Him and Big Ghost LTD dropped a project together. If you're unfamiliar with Big Ghost LTD, he he is a former uh, blogger and a producer. And um, he teamed up with Conway to drop um, if it, you know... So, I was excited about this project. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I'm a Griselda fan, so if it bleeds, it can be killed. That's the name of the project. I mean, this wasn't exciting, exciting. This wasn't like a classic album or anything. That's not what I'm saying. I I think it's just dope. You know, Conway, one thing about Conway is he going to bring the bars to the table no matter what the beat is. The beat can be beaten on a motherfucking table. I'm saying, though. Um, Some of my favorites on here, I mean, I fuck with Toast. I fuck with Kill All Rats featuring Ransom and Rome Streets. Man, Ransom bodied that verse. That's one of the best verses already of the year. You know, I go by November, November, you know, mid-October to November starts the year for me. Um, so, I mean, I fuck with Red Beams, too. And losses to blessings. That's some knowledge, man. But overall, I, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed uh, Conway the Machines. Uh, I don't know if it's a tape or it's an EP or it's an album. But I'm pretty sure Conway's not done. Because he dropped three projects last year. He dropped from a king to a god. He dropped um, Lulu. And he dropped... Um, Another project with Big Ghost LTD. So, um, Conway is set to drop his Shady Records debut, uh, God Don't Make Mistakes, later on this year. West Side Gun is set to drop Hitler Wears Hermes 8. And Benny the Butcher is set to drop his new new uh i don't know if it's an album fuck it um the plugs i met to so griselda is set to yet have another dominating year um anthony davis man sad story out of los angeles right now um davis has tendonitis in his achilles as soon as we hear that a word Listen, man, if you like ball like I like ball, we know there is one word that is the most infamous word, Achilles. That is the worst fucking word. The absolute, that's the, that's the N word with the hard R for sports is Achilles. Because some of our greats have suffered that injury and never was the same after it. Like Chauncey Billups, Isaiah Thomas, um, 
Kobe Bryant, Baron Davis, I think, had a torn Achilles one time. But yeah, man, that A word. Now, there has been two players that I seen come back from an Achilles like themselves. Dominique Wilkins and Kevin Durant. Those are the only two players that came back from bad Achilles injuries and still played like life is like their lives are going to be lost tomorrow. I believe that the Los Angeles Lakers should sit Anthony Davis for at least a month so that he can treat that injury. He should not be. I mean, he was out tonight and last night. So, I mean, my prayers go out to AD and I hope he recover from this so that everyone can be healthy for the playoffs. Now, Kevin Garnett made some interesting comments about today's game that I'm going to chime in on. You know, it's going to be light. Ain't going to be a heavy, heavy hand. I'm not going to shit on KG like that. But let me pull up the comments, man. Let me see. Okay, it says right here, Kevin Garnett isn't sure that his generation of players can play in today's NBA. That's right here. The game is at another level. I know you said you made the team with Vancouver. I want to get you on blah, 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 blah. I don't think guys from 20 years ago could play in this game. 20 years ago, guys used their hands to control players. Now you can't use your hands. That makes defense damn near impossible. Can you imagine not hand-checking Michael Jordan? Nah. The fact that you can't touch players gives the offensive players so much flexibility. Defensive players have to take angles away and stuff like that. But if you have any creative player, creativity and ambition, you could be a great offensive player in this league. Damn, I can't read. The fadeaways, the one-leg runners, the one-leg balance shots, that's that stuff that Dirk Nowinski brought to our game. And now when I watch Joker play, it feels like he has taken that darkness and mixed it with his own talent. And Steph Curry revolutionized things with being able to shoot it from distance with such consistency. Clay Thompson, Dame Lillard, these guys changed the game. I don't know if even in the guards 20 or 30 years ago can play in this time right here. It's creative, it's competitive, it's saucy. You'll get dropped. A motherfucker will cross you over and break your ACL. The game is in a great place. Now, Kevin Garnett is right and wrong at the same damn time. Now, I agree. I agree with this sentiment that the hand checking would affect certain guys like Charles Oakley, Xavier McDaniels, Anthony Mason. You know, guys like that wouldn't have been putting up many points in this era. Because they were unable to hit threes. You know, a guy like Rick Mahorn. But then again, though, if you, say for example, give these guys freedom, 
could you imagine what Chris Jackson, a.k.a. Abdul Raouf, would be doing in this era? Would you imagine what Steve Francis and Gatino Mobley would be doing in this era? Could you imagine what Kobe Bryant would be doing? Kobe would average 60 a game in this era. And, you know, Kobe Bryant always adjusts to whatever era he plays in. And so did Michael Jordan. Um, can you imagine if Shaq was playing in this era where people couldn't touch him? Because Shaq used to get used to get elbow pushed and all that other shit. Could you imagine Wilt? Ch- Even niggas like Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, John Havlicek would have a fucking field day out there. Larry Bird would be killing these niggas. The offensive juggernauts of twenty years ago could play in this era. Guys like Reggie Miller, Ray Allen would have a fucking field day out here. And the guys that couldn't play defense would eat. Can you imagine what Ke- even Keith Van Horn would have a fucking field day? Chauncey would be averaging 35 points a game. Ben Wallace would be averaging way more rebounds. You know, maybe the guys like Dennis Rodman, you know, guys that were, you know, the guys that were limited to just defense, but. Honestly, they would get better offensively, though. But it would be hard to, for them to adjust because a lot of those uh, back alley guys were physical. So I agree with some of the things that KG said, but I also disagree with some of the things that KG would say. Like... Certain motherfuckers that were offensively skilled and talented. Can you imagine what Magic would be averaging? He would be averaging 40, 20. He'd be averaging 40, 10, and 20 a game in this era. Magic and Kareem and and fucking Byron Scott and all them fucking Lakers. The Lakers and Celtics would have would have fit of the 80s would have fit well in this era for sure. Now suspensions, you know, would be high. You know what I'm saying? The bad boy Pistons. I mean, honestly, Isaiah would have a fucking field day out here. Joe Dumars would average 30 (laughs) offensively. Vinny Johnson would be the sixth man of the year, like, every year. And it's not like the 70s and early 80s, they wasn't scoring. They were scoring even with the hardcore defense that was spouted about. So... That's why I have to say I agree and disagree. Because there were some points that KG made that were poignant. The NBA ratings are down. I mean, a lot of people attribute that to the COVID, the lack of fans. But, you know, the social justice shit was really the start of it. I mean, you lost a lot of white fans. And most of the population is made of pale people. And a lot of them, and then, you know, Trump was in office too, you know, this nigga was pushing that agenda and all that bullshit. So, a lot of those motherfuckers, you know, it was a lot of negative 
publicity from the NBA and from the uh, people who stopped watching it that that brought it down. But also, I think I attribute that to like having you know no fans definitely is one of the reasons why it's like watching a pickup game. A lot of people aren't interested in that. They like the fans. They like the crowd interaction. The fans are why the NBA is where it is today. Now, me, I'm a basketball enthusiast, so I'm going to watch all the games. But if you are not uh, an enthusiast or a fan of the game, you have no purpose. You know, you'll go to a game or whatever because your friend got free tickets. But, nigga. It's a lot of reason why the ratings are down, man. I mean, the game ain't what it used to be. It's not as entertaining as it once was. You know, it's no defense. It's all offense. It's no competitive nature. There, there isn't many superheroes. And then this shit is kind of like predictable in a way. So that's why the NBA ratings have gone down. Now, let's move on to the main subject here. It's not going to be that long. You know, I don't have many favorite basketball players. Like, I, I only like a few players in the league right now. I mean, there's not really that many likable players in the NBA. You know, Kawhi Leonard is, is, is fucking dry. Paul George just cries and makes excuses. LeBron James isn't really that great of a personality to me. That's just my personal opinion. Don't judge me. I don't want them them Bron Hive motherfuckers to come after me with their wigs and their high heels. But um, anyway, <laughs> um, like. There isn't many likable guys. You know me. I like killers. I like murderers. You know my favorite players was Kobe and KG and T-Mac. Allen Iverson. These are motherfuckers that'll bite your motherfucking head off in this bitch. I like Shaq when he was aggressive. Because sometimes Shaq had his moments where he wasn't. Um, my favorite players right now, you know, no particular order. Dame, I like Dame. I like Kawhi when he's focused. Um, I like Donovan Mitchell. I respect Joker, but I'm not like the hugest fan of his. I mean, I like Jason Tatum. I like what I see out of him. I like Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? I told you I don't like that. I mean, I love LaMelo Ball. That's that's the that's the that dude right there. I'm starting to I'm starting to come around to Joel Embiid. A little bit. Yeah, but Dame's my favorite player in the world right now. I mean, I fuck with Lonzo and I fuck with Zion. 
But honestly, man, I don't like nobody else. But here are your, the teams that I like to watch. I mean, I'm starting to come around to Brooklyn, but they are irritating. You know, that would probably be the last one on the list as far as favorite teams go. Because I don't like Big Titty Harden. I don't like James Harden. I feel like he is one of the, about 10% of the reason why the NBA game has been ruined today. But it isn't necessarily his fault either. It's DeAntoni's fault. And Steve Nash's fault because he's his current coach. But at the same time, Harden is playing a lot better. I give him credit. But I I don't care about regular season shit with Harden. Harden's got to show up when it's time to. He has failed in every avenue to show up when the chips were down. So I don't want to hear shit. What's surprising me is Luka, man, and how he fell off a little bit. Just a little bit, but I understand he's young, and he's going to learn from this and be a better player because of that. Um, Let's see. Who do I like watching? I mean, I love watching the Charlotte Hornets. They are a fun team. Like, I love that core. I love those guys like LaMelo and Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Biombo, Zeller. Like, they got to keep that core. They're currently a playoff team right now. Pistons are starting to get interesting, even though they lose a lot of games. Like, Jeremy Grant, you know, has brought a little bit of excitement to the city. I mean, he's at, he's putting up career numbers, and he's earning that contract. I mean, Jeremy Grant wanted this opportunity to lead a basketball team, and so far, he's doing a pretty good job, despite us tanking for the number one pick, which will probably be Jalen Green, maybe. Um, the Bucks. I kind of like watching them, man. I've seen about eight or nine of their games. Fundamentally, they're playing a lot better basketball than they have been. Giannis, I'm not a fan of Giannis. To be completely honest with you, I'm not a fan of his. I respect him. I definitely think he deserved to win MVP last year, but... I'm just not in awe. You know, he doesn't really impress me like that. I mean, his numbers impress me, but him as a player, you know, he's not really impressive to me because he has, you know, he has yet to prove that he can win an important series. Um, Philadelphia, man. I've watched a few Philadelphia 76ers games and I was... I'm pretty excited about the Sixers, man. I, I I mean, I still, I know, I know y'all gonna say I'm I'm insane or crazy, but I still got Philly coming out the East right now. I mean, I gotta see, you know, Brooklyn has to make a, a move for a center before I'm convinced that, you know, Brooklyn could come out the East. Philadelphia got it together. Doc Rivers has the, these guys playing great. Ben Simmons has regressed offensively, but he's still a great playmaker. Joel Embiid is having the best season of his career. He needs to play a little bit more defense, but I don't think anybody's playing defense, so why the fuck would I say some dumb shit like that anyway? Um, Seth Curry. 50-50, 50-50, 50-50. 
50-50-90. Let's hope that he can keep that up and he doesn't go into a shooting slump. I like watching Denver, but sometimes, you know, they're in the back of this list right here because Mike Malone, I just can't stand him. He irritates me because I love Joker and I love Jamal Murray, even though I feel like motherfucking Jamal Murray has not shown up this season. Is it me? I think Will Barton is playing better than Jamal Murray this year. I think Jamal Murray, the thing I love about Jamal Murray is he don't give a fuck about the regular season. Look at his playoff numbers. You'll understand. I think he's averaging like 24, 25 points per game in the playoffs. Because he shows up. He's done something that James Harden hasn't, which is show up in the playoffs. This motherfucker putting up 50. Jamal Murray just using this time to just rest. But at some point, you got to, you know, at least step up and win some important games. I just don't like that Mike Malone just doesn't go deep enough into the bench. They have some talent over there in Denver. They got they can run 12 deep over there. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, man. I like them. I like watching them. I love John Morant. Oh, yeah, I forgot to uh, add him to my list of favorite players, current favorite current players. John Morant's a beast. Ja is, is is incredible, man. I mean, I like that that core they got with uh, Moran, Anderson, Brooks, um, Valiant Shunas, Jaron Jackson, you know, Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman Jr. Like, they got a nice little squad over there in Memphis. They should make a playoff run. Um, I love my New Orleans Pelicans, man. I really do. I mean, I'm a fan of the Pistons and the Pelicans, man. You know, I'm I'm down with the uh, the shitty teams because y'all can't say that I bandwagon hop, pussy. But anyway, um, I think pussy ass Stan Van Gundy is a problem. He's an issue. You know, I'm gonna blame every one of their shortcomings on him. And they lost tonight. I think they lost tonight to the Chicago Bulls. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I I don't know if they made a comeback. But when I checked, it was like fourth quarter, two minutes, and they were down 11. So. I feel like the New Orleans Pelicans are going to be buyers at this trade deadline. Let's see if they if they can add a third piece with Zion and Brandon Ingram. I think they have the pieces to do so because they're shopping Lonzo Ball. They're shopping J.J. Redick. So let's see what happens. I love the Trailblazers, man. I love watching them play. Despite them suffering multiple injuries, they're still a factor in the Western Conference. I mean, you got... Carmelo Anthony looking like he is 22 years old again with the braids. You're decimated at center. And they're still performing. I mean, they still got a decent little bench, but still. Utah Jazz are the best team in the league right now, record-wise. Um, I enjoy watching them, man, because they're a very unselfish team and they play fundamentally sound basketball. Now, my question is, how far will they go in the playoffs? And it depends on also who they play. I don't think Utah's ready for L.A. Lakers or L.A. Clippers yet. I think they're one more piece away. And he has to be either a talented wing 
or a talented power forward. I mean, can you imagine if the Utah Jazz got LaMarcus Aldridge? That's the person that they should shoot for. That's the per- that's the piece right there that would probably put them on the same level as the Lakers and the uh, Clippers. But other than that, Utah's easily the third best team in the West. Quinn Snyder's definitely um, coach of the year by far. It's not even close. I mean, Utah is deep as hell, too. But if they do get a LaMarcus Aldridge, hopefully they don't trade anybody important. I mean, I like Conley, Donovan Mitchell. I don't know, man. There's so many people that could win MVP. I can say that Donovan Mitchell's definitely replaced Luka Doncic in the MVP voting because Luka's stinking it up despite his stats, but I bet you he has the highest usage rate in the NBA because he doesn't use his weapons. Like, what's the use of having Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. if they're not getting the ball? Now, I have said that they should trade for a third guy to go with Doncic and Porzingis, but Doncic is not giving up the fucking ball. He's padding stats. But if you look at Utah as a team, I mean, Clarkson, Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors. But anyway, that's my show. I've been talking for way too long. 29 minutes is long enough. I'm the fuck up out of here.